0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts
1: here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to be speaking with Jeff Carr, who's CEO of Ultra Consultants. Before we get to Jeff... I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. Lou, how's the world in New Jersey?
2: The world appears pretty good. Uh, we've only had three uh, bomb cyclone snowstorms within the last two and a half weeks, but I'm getting pretty tired of talking about the weather up here. So uh, there's so many other exciting things going on in this country, uh, particularly a little south of us called Washington, D.C., but we're not going to go political, so uh, we're going to. I'm going to spare our our guests in listening to me go on a rant. So take it away, Tim. Jeff, I would
1: like you to do two things for our audience. Please introduce your associate, who's also with Ultra, and tell us a bit about Ultra Consultants.
3: Sure, thank you. Uh, let me introduce uh, Andrew Bolivar. Andrew is one of our uh, directors in our company. He runs a very important part of our business, which is what we call our center of excellence. Uh, And Andrew is responsible for uh, what I'll call product or vendor research, and also um, our services methodology. So it's a very key part of our business. Uh, You could think of it in the manufacturing world as he's sort of the heads of our R&D, our engineering part of our business. Um, Andrew, just say hello, because we'll be talking to you in a little bit. Hey, good afternoon,
4: gentlemen. All
3: right. So just a couple of comments on Ultra. Uh, My firm is Ultra Corporation. We've been in business since 1994. Uh, We are focused exclusively on working with the mid-market manufacturing industry. Our mission in life is to help those businesses improve their business performance by helping them improve their business processes. A lot of our work is done through technology. So we're constantly working with companies that are transforming from older legacy systems to modern information systems. And one of the things I wanted to show you today was kind of how we help our clients kind of zero in on who are the vendors that they ought to be talking about. So uh, that's my introduction, Tim. I'll back to you to see what kind of guide me through what kind of questions you want me to answer on the artifact that we provided our audience.
1: Sure. We're very excited about that. For those of you who are familiar with the name Ultra Consultants, they were with us back in December, and we had a discussion with them after the show because what they do is incredibly helpful to manufacturers and uh, Lou's company, our, co- our host here, and, um, who sponsors the show has gone through a similar exercise and it's not easy being a manufacturer and trying to figure out of the uh, dozen choices in software, depending on what slice of the sector you're in, what's the right software. So Andrew, is that your part of the world?
4: It is. It is part of my world. Um, I tend to have more of a focus on helping our clients get to the right set for evaluation. So, you know, you mentioned there's hundreds of them out there, and that's very true. And what I'm looking for is kind of along a few different angles to try to understand what what they should look for. Um, functionality is always a big one. Um, taking a look at costs, making sure we're in line with budgetary requirements, taking a look at technology, and then implementation and kind of go-to-market and partner ecosystems. So we try to look at this from a multitude of angles beyond just features and functions.
1: Okay. Okay.
4: Well, when we talked
1: with uh, Jeff back in December, I asked him a question. How does somebody, one of your customers, uh, you know, walking through the supermarket of software and, you know, if it were this easy, pull a box off the shelf, read the back of the box, pull the next box off the shelf, read the back of the box. Uh, and if you have these companies out to your shop, they're, of course, each touting their solution. But how do you, as the manufacturer, figure out which is the right one? I mean, you've, you're going to do this once, and Jeff Carr and his crew do it every day. So, Jeff, why don't you introduce what you folks have created in an infographic to help manufacturers take a look at their world and go, ah, okay, here are the choices. Now I can work with ultra consultants to find the right answer. Jeff?
3: Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Uh, You made a very good point that there are lots of vendors out there, and there are lots of vendors that say they can do the job, that they can do it. Uh, And there are, but not all of them are the same. Not of all of them are created equal. And just like any business, these vendors tend to focus on – certain vertical industries and certain capabilities in order to be the best at that. And so what we do as part of our research is try to understand that there are a lot of vendors in the marketplace. Uh, there's some vendors that we think just don't really make it to the, ra- to the radar screen. They're kind of like, you know, Piper Cubs are flying below the radar. But there's others that are, you know, regular airplanes that are in the market that are out there every single day. Uh, now, in this artifact, what we have done is we've, first of all, uh, organized this by size of business, <clears throat> because these vendors tend to focus in on the size companies that are in their vertical, in their target marketplace, and size of uh, size of business is one. So let's take the SAPs. Everybody knows SAP, you know, and some people say, well, could I should i go look at sap well sap was primarily built for companies that are at the high end of the marketplace and that's where they excel and that's the bulk of their marketplace or at least the bulk of their revenues but they do have offerings that they've pared down that address the different parts of the market segment so that group that you see on the right that's under large the 200 million and up these are the these vendors are primarily built for the companies that are large enterprises in the mid-market. And some of the features that companies in that size are looking for are multi-company, multi-plant, international capabilities. So a lot of that functionality drives you to these vendors that make a living off of working with the Fortune 500, the Fortune 1000 companies. Now, if you move down the market space, you see a mid-market there, the medium, the people between 50 and 200 million. And we put the companies in there because these are the ones that have what we we'll call the mid-market functionality. They do have multi, multi-plan, multi-capability. They do have some international, but their are primarily uh, customer base, if you look at it, is in that range of 50 to 200 million. Will they sell sometimes to a $200 million and up company? Yes. Will they sell to a company below $50 million? Yes. Now, another factor, rather, another part of this breakout here is really the industry orientation. And we've broken that into discrete process and distribution. So um, it's important. We we see a lot of differences. So let's take, take a perfect example. Let's say a company is in the automotive sector. You know, they're a tier one or maybe a two-tier supplier to the automotive OEMs. Their requirements are a lot different than, let's go to the next tier, the process industry, where you might have a food and beverage company whose requirements are significantly different than automotive or just pure distribution. And then the third marketplace is distribution and warehouse. And the functionality required there is not as complex, but it's very important, and it's different than what you might see in the discrete manufacturing and the process manufacturing. Now, um, there are some key functional differences in some of these Uh, areas like discrete manufacturing versus process versus distribution. And I wanted to ask Andrew if he might want to just comment on what he sees that differentiates functionally um, companies in the discrete versus the process versus the distribution. Andrew, can you make a few comments on that?
4: Sure, Jeff. Um, You know, discrete is usually some type of uh, a hard good, we think of it, you know. So you look at the industries that we've kind of called out there, and, you know, it's automotive and aerospace, consumer packaged goods. Uh, these are things that we're, we're building, we're fabricating, we're assembling and, and selling, right? When we get into the process side, that is tends to be more of a recipe or a formula approach, um, and often batch-type manufacturing um, uh, very common in the food and beverage industry. So you know, anything where we're we're mixing recipes or making a batch and then you know, heating it or cooling it for a period of time and moving through a production cycle. Um other areas in there, you know chemical, food and gas, pharmaceuticals, and so forth. And then we break out distribution warehousing as a fundamentally different thing for for one primary reason. It's common that our customers have a distribution element. Um, whether they're a discrete or a process manufacturer. But for the people that are truly distributors, it tends to be a unique set of requirements um, focused a lot on inventory and warehousing management and in and outbound transportation management and and those kind of details. So when we we look at it from a very high level, those are sort of the three buckets that we kind of first separate things into.
2: Uh, Uh, I'd like to just make a, a comment. For our audience, it's a little bit difficult to follow the the description of the graph uh, on radio. Uh, so I just want to make sh- make sure you realize that we are going to have this graph on our website uh, so that you can better see uh, everything that uh, Jim and uh, uh, J- uh, Jeff and Andrew have pointed out. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Tim, what what is that uh, URL? Uh, that we've set up.
1: I thought I'd save it to the end of the show and make them listen all the way through.
2: <laughs> oh, you're a bad, <laughs> man. do we get, do we get a commission on this by the way? You know, do, do we sell advertising yet? Uh, anyway. Uh, so folks stick around to the end. Tim is the cruel one. I'm the one who's a little bit more humorous and uh, you'll be able to get the URL and you can see exactly uh, what uh, Jeff and Andrew are talking about. Dennis? Good point, Lou, and you're, you're right. It's awful difficult to uh,
1: follow a conversation if you haven't got the song sheet in front of you. I have to tell you that when uh, Jeff and I discussed this back in December, uh, both of us were very excited about the, the possibility of having an infographic. In a visual world these days, infographics do quite well at explaining things quite easily, visually, and Ultra Consultants took on the task of creating this one sheet of paper that lays out all of the software choices across the various uh, industry segments and the various uh, company sizes, and it, it's not an easy thing to do, so uh, Jeff, I, I want to congratulate
2: you. I, 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 I'm, let me interrupt you just for a moment. I want to just mention that there's about, uh, I don't know, 60, 70 different software companies that are on this graph. So it's not just uh, three or four. You have a whole menu of uh, products out there to address your own particular uh, situation. Yeah, yeah and, and the beauty and of it probably was yeah, – Jeff, yeah, the
1: beauty of it is I there were probably some that didn't show up, Right.
3: Yes, there certainly are other ones that I would say don't make the radar. Uh, But what we've done is we've organized these companies into nine different quadrants. Uh, Vertically, small, medium, large are the three columns. And then horizontally, we've got discrete process and distribution. So for the audience, if you can visualize those nine quadrants, Then in each quadrant, we've got the logos and the names of the vendors that we find do very well in those quadrants.
1: So, Jeff, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, how Ultra Consultants help somebody that they find wandering aimlessly around the software supermarket looking quite dazed. So.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. Thirty years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Yeah, it's like our friends at ThomasNet who help the manufacturing world find the right solution. Our friends at Ultra Consultants help manufacturers find the right software. Jeff, why don't you go into a little bit about, you know, the companies that come to you are, I'm sure a bit dazed on, you know, how are we going to find the right software? Jeff, every, every, you're right. Every solution provider says, yeah, our solution will work, but every manufacturer or distribution warehouse company says, yeah, but how do we know what we need? What we want will work inside that software. Jeff. Yeah.
3: Thanks, Tim. Uh, So let me talk at a high level, and then I'm going to ask Andrew to jump in with a couple of specifics. Um, At a high level, um, you know, again, as I mentioned, we're working predominantly with manufacturing companies, and these companies are mid-market companies. And uh, many of them have some form of a legacy information system, but they've outgrown it. Things have changed. The business lines have changed. The business processes have changed. Competition's changed. Uh, So they're in a situation where they need to improve the business productivity of their business users and the the, the business employees that are using the information systems. Uh, Fortunately, through our marketing programs, a lot of them find us and come to us and say, you know, ultra- you know, we've not done this. We don't do this on a regular basis. You guys do it every single day. Uh, how can you help us? So what we'll do at the very beginning is kind of give them a roadmap, uh, kind of a roadmap of uh, phases that they should be going through in order to trans- successfully transform their business. Uh, we've got four different phases that we present. One is a business process review and analysis, The other is a technology selection. The third is the implementation of new business processes and new technology. And the fourth is really what I call the ultimate transformation, where we're really uh, transforming the company's business processes and improving the business performance. So those four processes all tie together. Uh, Let me ask Andrew to talk a little bit about what we do in the first phase, which is the business process review to try to get companies to focus on not only their business processes and their future state, what it it should be, but who are the vendors that they ought to be talking to. Andrew, can you help with that?
4: Sure. Thanks, Jeff. So Jeff mentioned in the beginning, we call it a business process improvement phase. And our approach here is to basically go through and make sure that we understand how the client's running today, where the issues and challenges are, and help them bridge that gap between where they are and where they want to get to. So when we start those phases, we kind of break it down into that flow. Um, initially, like I mentioned, it's a it's a current state analysis. So it's really about going through um, understanding the people, the teams, the business, and the structure of the business. And then from there, going and starting to dive into the business processes themselves. You know, our perspective is software is there to enable and support the business in in execution. So by understanding kind of how they execute the business, we're in a better position to understand what tools they need to do it better. Um, So we go through that current state analysis, and that's not just the processes. I mentioned the people and the team structures and also their technology landscape. So what are the different tools they're using today, which ones are working and maybe which ones aren't. Um, From there, we come come through a phase of education. So we take our clients through educating them, making sure that we're all on the same page with best practices and concepts, um, different terminology that inevitably you're going to hear as you go through a, a technology selection process and kind of getting them on the same page um, so that we can have a meaningful conversation about if those tools were available to you, what would your business look like tomorrow? And then we kind of take them through that future state design Um and in the middle of that, we do our first pass of kind of getting them exposed to a vendor set that we think makes sense for them based on what we've learned through that cycle.
1: Okay, Andrew, those, that's great, a great process. And I know that we talked to you folks about that, and we're so impressed with it. Uh, I know that when All Mells and Forge Group, the sponsor of Manufacturing Talk Radio, went through this um, themselves, a couple of things that they discovered, which is easy to have happen, I mean, you're going to buy the software, then you're going to have an implementer. Maybe the software company has their own team. Maybe you have a team. Smaller companies tend not to have their own team, so they bring in an outside implementer at an additional cost. And sometimes the client company knows their processes too well, and they can't explain them as easily as they thought. Uh, Sometimes they forget to ask if it can do, Lou's famous for this. If it can do this, <laughs> can it do that? Uh, so it's very easy to go through this process without a group like Ultra Consultants and at the end of the road find out, oh, we should have asked this, we should have asked that, we, oh, we could have coded this. Jeff, is that common in your world that you kind of help ferret out those questions because the company long since has forgotten everything they know?
3: Well, yes. I mean, uh, all too often a lot of companies uh, try to do this themselves. And uh, we find that uh, well over 50% of these initiatives fail to really meet the objectives, meet the expectations, meet the, uh, the ROI that's expected with these particular projects. Uh, and that's because there's a lot that has to be done in order for these projects to be sex- successful. There's a lot of heavy lifting that goes on, a lot, of, a lot of chores, a lot of tasks, a lot of people have to get involved within the company uh, through the entire process to make sure everything ties together and that it works. And that's what we do every day. So when we walk into an account, uh, a client, uh, that our job is to really get them educated and get them to go through the right process, right set of processes, and the right set of activities. For instance, um, rarely do companies spend time managing change. Yet, what's the project all about? It's all about change. They focus instead, and the vendor focuses instead on just getting the functionality up and running. But who's there looking over everybody's shoulder, making sure that the users? Are adopting the new system correctly and properly, and are ready for it, and are not resisting it. Uh, also, there's a lot of risk with these projects, and rarely is there somebody assigned to analyze the risks and develop mitigation strategies. Uh, data conversion is a major uh, major roadblock all the time, um, a major challenge for people to not only convert the data, but to get it cleansed and get it. Uh, accurate. So there's a lot of things that have to be done that the companies that try to do it themselves are not equipped to do, and that's where Alter comes in. And, and and more and more companies are looking for somebody like Alter to, to be there to help them.
2: Do you find that once you've um, done an install and did the uh, <clears throat> excuse me and you've done an install and you've got the company up and running? And now some new product comes down the line at the manufacturer and says, well, <laughs> we are going to add this. We're going to add a new process. Uh, is it a big deal to uh, add this to the existing uh, software that you've Im- implemented?
3: Usually not. Uh, usually that's a matter of uh, establishing additional data. uh There's something we call product lifecycle management that's usually a functional uh, piece of software that kind of helps a company manage their whole engineering process and new product development. Um, I think probably another example is this, let's say you make an acquisition, and you're now bringing a new company up. You've got the new software up and running, and you've got the new company coming in. Now, that, that's a little bit more heavy lifting, but you st- it's still fairly easy to be. If you've got processes in place and they're documented and they're running well, you can put a team together usually to quickly and within a month or so go out and bring that new company in under the umbrella of the new, the new system that you've made. But these systems are designed to enable change, enable growth, uh, with more functionality and capability uh, provided to the end users as they're encountering those change opportunities.
2: Uh, you're located in Michigan, I believe. Is that correct?
3: Well, we're we're a virtual company, so we've uh, you know we've been, okay. physical address is uh, is in the Oakbrook area in Chicago. Um, but Mm -hmm. all of our employees are spread around the country, so we don't have a physical place where everybody's got to come to. We want our people in the field and ready to go out to our clients and work at their locations. So we truly are a virtual company, which is a a real value to our employees. Uh, It's a a benefit to them. Uh, It's a challenge to us to manage that effectively, but we utilize a lot of technology to enable that.
2: Well, that was the point that I was getting at when, you know, you have a company out in Butte, Montana, and you're located in Chicago, and, you know, how do you handle all your clients? So I guess with the world of technology, you're probably using one of your own products to handle it all.
3: Well, yeah, it's ours or somebody else's. So, you know, everybody uses WebEx right. or GoToMeeting, stuff like that. And, and then, uh, right. you know, you got the Microsoft Skype products that, you know, we can do meetings on the
1: fly very easily.
2: Mhm-, mhm-. When they were <laughs>
1: uh, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew. I just want to go to you for a moment during the four phase process that you're using. I'm assuming as to Lou's example of the companies up and running and now a new product or a new market opportunity comes along, that you might have identified that somewhere in your earlier phases. Is that right?
4: Yeah, that is right, um. You know, part of understanding what the right package may be for a company is also understanding what their growth aspirations are and and their forward-looking strategy. So we don't always know. Of course, there can be a surprise, but we're certainly asking those questions up front, which is, you know, are you in the market to be acquired? Are you looking to do acquisitions? Are you looking at new markets, uh, new product lines, and so on and so forth? So we're always trying to make sure that we've got our eye on that ball. Well, that's uh, interesting, and,
1: and that's the right approach. And, and Jeff, I certainly appreciate the fact that you guys go through the process with the client the way you do. As I look at this, and having experienced it with All Metals and Forge Group, whatever cost there is to ultra consultants coming in and helping them go through the supermarket, find the right software, uh, understand their questions, their needs, their wants, uh, their objectives, their ROI, uh, I imagine you guys pay for yourself twice over easily in an engagement because of the savings of implementing it right the first time with the right software the first time. Jeff?
3: Yeah, part of, the, part of our process is the development of what we call the business case for change. And uh, I consider that to be a key component of a successful project. And in that business process improvement phase that Andrew mentioned, we ha- we go through that process with our customers. So, the process is to say, all right, here on the left, we have our current state. Here on the right, we have our future state. On the left, our current state, our metrics are here. On the right, our future state metrics are going to be different. They're going to be in improvement in that. So, What are they? So we go through that process with the management team to say, if we had all this capability, what would that do to the company? And we document all of those, and that document we call the business case for change. And those become business value targets. So let's say we're going to improve inventory turns in this product line, you know, from two to four. That's a business value improvement statement. We're going to use that as the target for this project that and the other business value statements. So we're going to have a series of maybe 10 to 20 business value statements that represent the target for this project. So my, what I tell my teams is that we're not done until we achieve that target. Just going live with the new system is not enough. We need to improve the business. Now, when you look at that overall business case for change, we typically see – a three to five times ROI in those projects within the first 12 to 24 months. So that's typical of what we see with these new systems out there. But the way we go about it, we do a clear definition. We establish it as a target for the project.
1: Great stuff, great stuff. Now, for all of you listeners who've been hanging in here with us to find out, okay, what's the URL? Where can I get this great infographic that's got all of the software solutions out there that Ultra Consultants put together, and I can find the size of my company and the industry silo or sector I'm in, and I can then identify what my choices are, and then instead of going out and talking to them, giving Jeff a quick call because it'll be confusing...
2: Well, I, I would even add one more thing to this uh, before you, uh, you know, pop the uh, uh, the the uh, cork. Is that is that a manufacturing company if they wanted to do this on their own and come up with <laughs> which is the right which is the right of uh, the right one out of eighty companies to uh, implement into their system, that could take them six months. So. This is a piece of paper that's very valuable.
1: It is, in fact. You're right, Lou. In fact, they could take this and mount it to corkboard and put it in their employee lunchroom and throw darts and have about (laughs) as much luck getting the right company. Or they could go to mfgtalkradio.com slash ultra, U-L-T-R-A, where you will find this show and a description of it and the infographic that Ultra Consultants put together. Jeff, I think you and your team did a terrific job pulling this one sheet of paper together that answers an awful lot of questions. Jeff?
3: Yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, You know, we did, uh, you know, a lot of this information we already have gathered. It was just a matter of putting it into a a format that I think is visible for everybody. Uh, And, again, it gets people focused on the right vendors, based on the size of their company and also uh, by the type of company they have, either discrete process or distribution, as Andrew had mentioned earlier.
1: Now, Jeff, what is your website address so people can come there even as a starting point?
3: Sure. It's, uh, I think it's fairly easy. It's ultraconsultants.com. So Ultra is uh, has a U at the front end. So U-L-T-R-A, consultants, dot .com, ultraconsultants.com. And you're going to find a lot of information at that website, a lot of white papers, case studies, uh, recordings of webinars, presentations, surveys, reports, everything that we find that our customers need as they embark on this journey to kind of get them educated.
1: And, and, again, I would agree with Lou that if a company were to undertake this and and look at it all in their their quadrant, look at all the different software providers and then begin going through the process, you could spend six months doing it and still get it wrong.
2: So <laughs> what do you think, Lou? I do. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it twice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's painful. It's painful. So, uh, Andrew, anything else you want to throw into this potpourri before we wrap up the show with Jeff?
4: Um, you know, just you guys have pretty much nailed it. It's uh, it's quite a complicated journey to go through. And if there's anyone out there thinking that they're they're ready to take it on, uh, give us a call. We're happy to help you.
1: I would agree, and, and uh, Jeff. Why don't you kind of wrap this up for our listeners, because you've done such a terrific job with us.
3: Thanks, Tim. Um, once again, we find that um, the information system for your company is, is critical. Uh, it needs to have the capability to optimize the productivity and efficiency of your staff and your team. You need the tools to be able to compete in today's marketplace. Uh, with a good economy, with a great economy that we have going on right now, it's mandatory that you have in place the tools for your people to really be successful. To get to that place is not easy. It's a, it's a complicated set of activities that you have to go through. The vendors themselves are not always successful being the only party to help you. So having well I have found in my fifty years now of working in this industry that you got to have you need to have experts who have an understanding of the market space to help you go through that process. Whether or not you want to hire them directly into your company or you have them inside your company or you need to bring them in from a company such as alter, you it's it's mandatory to do this process to have ERP expertise on your staff. So, uh, once again, I, I find that this marketplace is very um, active. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of a lot of vendors out there, a lot of complexity in the, their various products, but there's a lot of people out there looking for new systems and better ways to run their business. So thank you, Lou, and thank you, Tim, for uh, sure. uh, having us join you today.
2: Sure thing. Thank you very much for being here, and, again, we'll do the uh, – UltraManufacturingTalkRadio slash Ultra, uh, and you can hear the show and download the uh, uh, infom- uh, infographic. And uh, hopefully, you'll get a lot of phone calls and just send us your co- the commission check. All right, <laughs> <laughs> thanks.
1: Uh, we've been talking with Jeff Carr, CEO of Ultra Consultants, and Andrew Bolivar. Uh, we really appreciate them coming on the show and taking on the challenge that we kind of threw out back in December of trying to make uh, order out of chaos in the world of software solution providers. I think they're going to do quite well uh, with this infographic that you can obtain at mfgtalkradio.com slash ultra. And you can also find many other shows there. You'll find the original show we did with Jeff back in December. And you'll also find a link to our newest show, which is Women and Manufacturing, where we have accomplished women interviewing accomplished women. You cannot believe the quality of those interviews. You really should go and listen to a couple of those. As always, thank you for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And we'll be back with another show real soon. Thank you for joining us. And stay tuned for a word from... Our sponsor, All Metals and Forge Group, a company we know and love who's kept us on the air the last four years, and they haven't thrown me out of the chair, so stay tuned.
0: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290.